I hated Gabby growing up. Hated her. What? We fought over everything. Our parents, clothes, boys. She used to get these terrible headaches. I was convinced she was faking it for attention. Had to be. 24 years old, massive stroke. She wasn't faking. I see how hard you work. Thankless work. There is no thankless. Love is giving your heart without expectation. Huh. Well, I don't know that I have that in me. And right now, I'm just, um, I don't know, I'm just a little lost right now. Mira, I know you will find your way. I know you will, mijo. I also know you'll find someone to love like that again. From Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to This Is Us 2. It's a podcast dedicated to This Is Us on NBC. So sit back, relax, and let's all have a really good cry. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back. My name is Mary Larson. My name is Blake, and I am going to admit, once again, I sobbed the the very first minute of this episode. Well, maybe not the first minute, maybe like the first couple of minutes. Just that I I cried this entire episode, the the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Just a just a disaster. <laughs> just a disaster from from the moment it began. And then it hit me towards the end. Oh, listen. And I don't usually cry. No, Mary's not. She's a good Taurus. She don't cry all that much. <laughs> when she does, it's a good reason. She ain't a Pisces like me. <laughs> I cry at the drop of a hat, unfortunately. Uh, the fact that Mary cried, mm. big deal. Big deal. Big deal on this one, Marvin. I I didn't even need inflatables. <laughs> I mean, that's how big of a deal it was. A Miguel episode. Without inflatables. That didn't get his treasured inflatables. I'm here still. I don't know. It, <sighs> he did still have Christmas decor. I don't know how they did not include at least one inflatable in this They episode. didn't have him in his own Christmas house. You got to see his parents' house with the very basic like Christmas lights around the house. Yes. And you know... That he said, when I have my own house. Oh, I'm going to go all out. I want everyone to drive by my house because we have so many lights. <laughs> I want to be Clark Griswold. Yeah. The, the electric bill is skyrocketing right now. So I, you know, but there was no point to put it in. Yeah, there is. No, like, I mean, there was at no timeline point to put oh, Miguel's. Oh, I see what you're saying. Inf- like, what was he going to do? Bring that with the wine? Oh, I bought you guys an inflatable. I love these things. <laughs> <laughs> it would only be something that I would enjoy. Oh, It would have literally, it would have been the equivalent of anybody want a peanut last episode. <laughs> Just for the writers to say, you know, it'll make Mary Larson happy. Oh, yeah. In Providence, Rhode Island. <laughs> is if he comes home. Yeah. 
and they has all the inflation. You know, and you know they they are writing it just for you, Mary. No. I mean, there, there's nobody else on no. this planet. That, they already that got rid of the show. inflatable props. Okay, those were those were already sold. It was an unfortunate, uh, you know, just sacrifice that COVID had. You know, they had to make for bu- budgetary reasons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord! Well, listen, um, Mary. I know you got a great story about this episode. I know you do. How do you know? Because you've already told me the story. Oh, you want me to tell that same story again? Uh, yeah, well. Okay. Well, you're going to have to play, bring up the real, the, the songs. Okay? Okay. So. All right. I, um, I did not have Miguel's uh, life or upbringing. No. I will tell you that. I, um, nope. None of this episode was really my life, which is so interesting because it hit me so hard. And that's one of the things that This Is Us does so well is when you connect with it. And I didn't connect with it in many ways personally. But. Then Billy Joel came on. Mm-hmm. And so it goes. And the song started, and all of the nostalgia came back from when I first was introduced to this song. You mm-hmm. want to play it, Blake? Oh, I- no, no. I don't have that song. Oh, okay. I have, I have the... Well, if you can bring the Billy Joel. Um, what, you so want me to- I want you to bring the Billy Joel, because it will remind everybody. Okay. Some people may right, not know go. the song that we're talking about. Right, so well, okay, here Just put it nice and low. Okay. So this song... If you haven't dissected the lyrics is basically about someone who is very guarded you know they feel like every time i've held a rose i've it seems i've only felt the uh felt the thorns i've had a really rough time with love mm-hmm. like it's just just sucks very miguel very miguel exactly i didn't fit with my family i didn't fit here in america i didn't fit with my ex-wife i don't fit with my own kids um but then you came along mm-hmm. And then, yes, yeah, me. oh, you Blake, <laughs> you're my Rebecca. Um, and so it's a very, you know, like bittersweet. You're yes. the only one, you're the one that I'm going to trust with this. Mm-hmm. You're going to, tr- I'm going to trust you with this little special spot in my heart that I have really, really, it's a sanctuary. I've kept it very, very safe because I've been burned in the past. Beautiful song. Great song. Um, really deep. I love it. Okay. Full of thematic so, work. Yes. So Mary's going to land the planet, I promise you. So back in 1999, maybe 1998, um, I was given a mix CD from the boy that I was dating at the time. And it was actually not a mix CD. It was an acapella CD. Of course it was. An acapella CD. And he had told me, I want you to listen to track 11. Mm-hmm. Track 11 is how I feel about you. Mm-hmm. Track 11 is really important. I have I have such strong feelings for you, but I can't put them into words. But this song, this song right here, fully encompasses how I feel about you. It's track 11. So I took the CD and um, I would listen to it on repeat in the school library. All of this is flooding back as Miguel and, and Rebecca are holding those balls back and forth, those exercises. I'm thinking back to my high school um, library. The problem was is that the boy told me to listen to the wrong track. Yes. And so on repeat, for no joke, the better part of a month, this is what I tried to understand as a love song. Just soak it in. This was track 11. Spinning wheel. Talk about your troubles. It's a crying sin. Here we go. Best part. I'm paint a pony. Let the spinning wheel spin. Okay. Good song, by Great the way. Great song. Gets nice and funky. So I'm sitting there. This is my first time listening to this song, too. Let this ride. And, uh,. I go through it the first time and I'm like, oh, wow, um, I don't get it. Am I dumb? 
So then I write down the lyrics. Ride a painted pony with the spinning wheel spin. I'm thinking. Am I the painted pony? I, I don't know. Am I? Are you the painted pony? Are we pony? going for a ride? Like, is this a fun ride? Do, do you want me to ride? What is going on? So then I was embarrassed because it was kind of still like new in the relationship. So I don't want to say like, so what is the painted pony in our relationship? <laughs> and I made my friends listen to this damn song. <laughs> And eventually, like a month into it later, we're listening to the CD in his car. And in So It Goes comes on and he says, so have you thought about this song? <laughs> yeah. Not this. And the acapella Somewhere. this. Just you know. <laughs> <laughs> Supposed to be a different song. So there you go. That is my completely not death, immigration, nobody loves me story. That's just Mary nerdily sitting in a high school library trying to dissect any semblance of romance from that song. Completely true story from Mary Larson, ladies and gents. You you don't think that it's true. Oh, it is. Yeah. Because only that would happen you only, can't make this stuff up only me with my like friggin competitiveness oh. i couldn't just say i don't get it no i sat down and dissected it musically it's such a dork what the hell <laughs> thanks billy joel for reminding me of that so that's my fun little story so remember friends before um this is us sadly is wrapping up and yes. if this is the only mary and blake podcast that you listen to we are going to challenge you to listen to a different one. Maybe The Crown is your jam. Guess what? We've podcasted about The, the Crown. Yep. Um, maybe Bridgerton's your jam. Well, we're going to be jumping back into Bridgerton season two. Actually, probably next week. Maybe you've never read the Harry Potter series and you're thinking you might give it a go because we do every single chapter of the Harry Potter series. <laughs> and of course, just like Madison. Oh, there's The Last Kingdom. Oh, we're sorry. Outlander fans. Outlander, yep. So if you want to try Outlander, a lot of seasons are on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, of course, have that. So we have a lot of things. And there's there's things in our future. Oh, yes, there is. There's actually a, a big thing and a, a couple of big things in our future. Yes. So um, the Game of Thrones spinoff House of, show. House of the Dragon. We will be covering that. August 21st. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully the COVID clinic has, has done miracles to me by then. And we have some other things at some point, but um, I think I need to catch my breath. So before then, do make sure you're following us, Mary and Blake, on social media and go to maryandblake.com. And please, 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 if you're on Facebook, join our exclusive group. Just search for Mary and Blake. All right, let's get into the show. Marvin, this episode was aptly titled Miguel. What a great, just just a great title. Simple, easy, everything you need to know, just the way that it should be Miguel. Perfect, 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 perfect. Directed by Zetna Fuentes, Fuentes, rather. Um, Zetna Fuentes is a seasoned director, someone who has directed a lot of big things. She has directed uh, a a previous episode of This Is Us. Clooney was the episode that the... um, George? Yeah, George Clooney. (laughs) No, the the William episode. Clooney, remember that? No. Okay, fair enough. Why is it named Clooney? Because that was his cat's name. Okay, yes. 
remember now. And but she's also directed many episodes of some great television. That's like a deep. This is us trivia. Reference. Oh, that's a, what was yeah, William's cat's name? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> some great, great, great uh, episodes uh, of some television here from I Zombie or Pretty Little Liars, uh, Grey's Anatomy. Uh, Scandal, Longmire, How to Get Away with Murder, Jessica Jones, The Deuce, Ray Donovan, Shameless, Jane the Virgin, Bosch, uh, The Nevers, uh, The Girl from Plainville also, and uh, also the new series Bosch Legacy that just came out as well on Hulu. So I'm sorry, Amazon. So great. Some really interesting stuff from Zetna Fuentes, a really talented director. The writer was Johnny Gomez. Now, Johnny Gomez has been on the This Is Us uh, staff since 2020. He wrote uh, the episode Clouds as also uh, the music and the mirror, but he has served as a staff writer uh, on, on This Is Us mainly through 2021 and 2022. And clearly he has written this episode, Miguel, as well. Marvin, I think I know your rating, but just for the sake of posterity... Why don't you give it to me? Checked all the boxes. I even got Jack in real life. Yes. Real life Jack. Not even ghost Jack. I cried. Yep. A lot for Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) You needed some shaman in this episode. Yeah. All the shaman. All the shaman. I I needed every shaman. Five plus. This is the first five plus of the season. And I will tell you that this most likely is one of my top five episodes of This Is Us Ever. From me. Yeah. Well, if this is a five plus, this better be in the top episodes of television ever yeah. for you. Yeah. Not just not just this. But is I've us. given some five pluses for this is us before. So I'm saying I haven't given a lot of them. So that's why I'm saying not just in this season, but in the grand series, this mm-hmm. is one of my favorite episodes from this series. Gotcha. Okay. But yes. All right. For me. I see what you wrote down. And it's hard for me to say. It's hard. I know. Hard. Such a negative Nancy that you are. (laughs) Five plus. Five plus on this episode. Pigs are flying. This is this is the first five plus I've given in a long time for any TV show. Anything that we cover. This is the first one in a long time. I think the last five plus I've ever given. I think it might have been the Super Bowl episode. Mm-hmm. And it just it just so happens to be this is us. It just so happens. Mm-hmm. I don't it, this is big. Big 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 big. This is Mary and Blake media history here ladies and gents. I I don't even remember honest to god the the last 5 plus I gave. The the one that comes to my mind is the Super Bowl episode. Agreed. Um and I love this episode for so many reasons. I love it just at its core. And this is the reason why I did not give Katobi the, the, the five. This is why I did not give uh, the following episode, the five. I just stayed where it was because I knew we were getting some stuff in. I'm even, but I'm going to want to know what's different about this than those other episodes that other people may have given a five, a five plus for. I'm going to want to know from you because you're such a strict critic of, of television in general. Why this one was a five plus, and we could talk about that, of sure. course, in the episode. Sure, sure. Uh, time for GBGs. Yep. So our good, our bad, and our great uh, is out the window because when it's a five plus, Mary and Blake commandment, there yes. is no bad. Nope, no bads. 
You can have like a little like, ooh, but that's it. Yep. I got an ooh, but. Like basically a toot. Okay. You get a toot. <laughs> Your whole day isn't ruined. You didn't get a flat tire. It was silent. Nobody heard it. No. Yeah. Silent, but not, not it even, wasn't even deadly. deadly. It's it just, was literally, you know what we call those? What? A poof. A poof. Yep. You got a poof. <laughs> not even a toot because it was inaudible. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you just felt it. Yeah. That, that's all. That, and you were the only you, person You who kind knows of question. It. Yeah. You're like, wait, was it? Hmm. Or was it just. Or did I just. Was there an earthquake? I don't know. <laughs> okay. So when it's a five plus episode, we move the B to the end, making this scale a good, great, best. Yes. Okay. You ready for this? What or, do you got? How about you? Can you go first? Because I always go first and I just, I need. I you need, need to some go space. After you. Okay, yeah. fair enough. All right, my good. I actually have a tie for my good, and this is again knowing that this is a five plus. So just bear with me here. Uh, the first one is that I love the fact that Rebecca hated Miguel, straight up hated him. It was like Re- Miguel is a lot mm. <laughs> because, and the thing that she calls him out on is that he always uses somebody's name. Yeah. <laughs> And she even says it to him. And he's like, yeah, I, I can see that. That's that's That can be a lot. Yeah. Uh, I just, I like that. And um, I think it's just such a fun little textured bit to this relationship where it began and how it evolved and where it ended up leading and ended up leading to Miguel saying to her later on, like the the only time I ever felt homesick is when I left you on that porch. Like mm-hmm. to go from Miguel's a lot and I hate you to yeah. I feel homesick, like big deal. Agreed. The other great in the room, uh, sorry, the other good in the room, uh, the other good for me, I'm reading my notes as I'm saying this, so I apologize. Nah. The other good for me is when Miguel and Rebecca are in their po- post-coital love and they're in bed and they're laying down and things are getting ready and He's a lot less hairy in his chest than I imagined. I th- I figured him to be a hairy dude, but he's. Not... I didn't expect him to be like obscenely hairy. I just expected not more. like Roger from from Outlander, <laughs> hairy. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe because I've been seeing a lot of topless Roger. Yes, I was just thinking that that's what it was going to be. The guy's like. got a sweater. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but in the in bed, there's a moment when when Miguel just takes some silence and you can see it in his face and you can hear it in his voice. He doesn't want to say it, but he knows he needs to. We never talk about him. Mm -hmm. And this is what the show needed to do. It needed to have this moment between the two of them. Yes, for the characters, but for For us us. as viewers. This is what we've been talking about. Like, how do you even... Ever since that first episode when Miguel walks through that door and we're like, whoa! It's grandma and grandpa! (laughs) Yeah. Like, get out of here. And she's wearing the necklace and he shows up and what the hell are we talking Stop about? the presses. Dude. How did all this happen? Yes. We needed this moment between the two of them, obviously for them so that they can acknowledge it between them, but just for us as viewers, mm-hmm. because we, it's, it's, it's an acknowledgement for us. It's, it's something that we needed us to hear because we almost like like them, we kind of needed Jack's blessing to be okay mm-hmm. with this. To to say, yeah, you know what, that makes sense. Yeah, we went we, and that's why that first scene between the two of them, which which is like Miguel's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so critical. 
Because you could say, well, you know, the whole Jack thing, leaving them there alone is like a lot too. And like, it just feels like something a show would do. Like, I don't feel like that was something a real person would do. But irrespective of that, Mm -hmm. if we don't have that texture, we don't understand Rebecca's reasoning of Jack left us in the same room Mm -hmm. at a bar alone until we became friends. And when she applies that, we have that sort of transference of Jack's okay with this. Yeah. And so we can be okay with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, my great is the fact that, yes, this is a great episode of television unto itself because it tells a complete story. Uh, it gives us uh, – it almost reminds me of Memphis in a way because we got a chance to see an entire life worth of memories in a condensed 43, 45-minute mm. um span of time but what this show does <laughs> what <laughs> you okay what this show does is that it utilizes its own mythology to its advantage and it utilizes our own feelings to its advantage there's 0.0 chance that this episode works as well as it does if this episode happens sooner in this is us lore it needed to happen now in order to get Miguel's full journey. Mm-hmm. That's what stand, That's what makes this all stand out. Mm-hmm. That is why an episode like this is so special because not only does the flashbacks give us an indication of who Miguel was, but it also gives us an, an, uh, um, some knowledge about who Miguel is, why he is now. Mm-hmm. And carries that story forward to a point where we can celebrate Miguel's life at the same exact time. So big fan of what just occurred here. Love it. Um, but my, my best is a tie. First, it has to go to Julia Grove and Romina Ray. Those are the editors for this episode. Mm-hmm. Y- you cannot do a better job of editing. Oh, right. That was, uh, a gargantuan thing to have to tackle. I, I've called out Julia Grove's name on this podcast many times, and she deserves it. And Romina Ray, I have to call her name out as well because they they just you can tell that there was some love mm. in this yes. in this editing process, and you can tell because it was seamless. It flowed perfectly. All every single flashback, even the the flashback of when we see Rebecca go to tell Miguel that Jack died. Mm-hmm. Like it, all of these things are brought together in a way that is perfectly representative of Miguel's life and everything that he he that transpired throughout his life mm-hmm. and what it came through. That editing must have been gargantuan and. The fact that they could pull this off the way that they did and give us a seamless experience in a man's life in 43 minutes or 40, whatever it was, just you can't. I mean, I'm, I just have to play it right now. Lastly, my, my last best is the fact that after Miguel dies, they have uh, his, they have his body cremated. They, spread his ashes uh, and you know they have the scene with with Kevin and 
uh, Miguel's son. They go to Puerto Rico and they spread the ashes on the baseball field. But more importantly, they spread the ashes at the apple tree that they that Miguel and Rebecca planted uh, near the cabin. And what you what your what your what your brain knows, but you don't, is that. They did the same exact thing for Jack. Oh, shoot. This was my best, Oh, too. is it really? Oh, okay. You just write so much, and I just wrote tree. <laughs> so I didn't see, I didn't realize that you had two bests, so I didn't scroll down that far, and I was like, great, he doesn't have my best. Well, that's okay, whatever. They <sighs> did the same exact thing for Jack, and the fact of the matter is that not only that, you get a chance to see Kevin go from... Miguel, like, dude, are you serious? You're kissing my taking mom. The hat. Right now. I'm taking the hat. Thanksgiving's canceled. To uh, going to tell his son that, hey, your dad's your dad's mm-hmm. gonna die, uh, and like for for that to happen for Kevin to hold Miguel on the same plane as Jack, that like. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not necessarily like that accurate, like to, to to be like, yes, this is what is the the truth, but it's symbolic enough where you can you can it, it that you can that can be inferred. Mm-hmm. Such mm-hmm. a special thing for these two men who found their purpose in Rebecca for two for two very different reasons. Yeah, um, just so special. Agreed. Uh, so, so, so incredibly special. So that is my good, great, and best. Well, now my best won't be special. But well, anyway, no, my no, good. Can, you, you can say it too. Come on now, <laughs> Mavin. My good was that I didn't know that Miguel was an immigrant himself. Mm-hmm. Now, this may have been said at some point in This Is Us history. So before you all write in like, oh, no, it was said in this episode under his breath or this, that, and the other thing, I don't remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, I podcast about the show, so I try to remember a lot of different things about these characters. <laughs> and or it hasn't been included because we haven't had Miguel's story shared. Sure. So, um, you know, it's been interesting because I think most people would have assumed that he was um, a child of immigrants, that he himself was was born here. But um, to know that he was cognizant, uh, you know, he's at an age where he was really aware what he was leaving about his prior country, mm-hmm. what his upbringing was like. And then he himself made the decision, not through his dad, but through an outside um, uh, um, source, you know, and the whole American dream kind of thing that he made that choice for him. Mm-hmm. A lot of people come over and want to start a family in America to have that American dream for their family. But really it was his family coming over to survive. Mm-hmm. And then Miguel made that choice for himself. So I just, I didn't know that about him. So it just added this um, extra element for me that I really enjoyed. My great uh, was the fact that Kevin was the one that bonded with Miguel's son. Um, I mean, Kevin's got the money to just like fly to Texas, fly him <laughs> and the son to Puerto Rico. So, okay, there's that element. But on the flip side, you know, we get that beautiful talk from Kevin saying like, listen, you do not want your dad to pass without you fixing things. Trust oh, me. Yeah. I don't want you to make the same mistake that I did. And because of that, I think it was so 
um, beautiful that he did go and spread the ashes. It wasn't just Miguel's birth son. It was Kevin and the son. Kevin who gave Miguel the hardest time yeah. all this time um, to give him that same honor. But also, um, this was Miguel. This was Jack's best friend. And we've been talking recently about how Kevin is filling in kind of these bits where Jack would be. Mm-hmm. And Jack would have done that had Miguel died early. Oh, yeah. Jack would have been the one to go with the son and you know, take care of the ashes and yep. stuff. So it's just another way for Kevin to kind of step in that. And then, yes, my best was the tree. And if they do not have a tree scene at the end of Rebecca's life, I'll be shocked. I will be shocked too. I wonder if they pour her ashes at both trees. Yes, please. Yeah, I think that's that's got to be a thing. Yeah. And like, and, oh, by the way, I got to say the editing again mm-hmm. at the tr- for the tree. Like, there's the editing when they're all staring up at the tree. Yeah. And th- the next shot, the next shot, with without any context, with nothing, mm-hmm. is just the Pearsons all wearing black, standing at the tree. Like, <sighs> they did a good job you growing just, that you tree. Can't, you can't get better seasons. than what they did. You <laughs> no, can't I do agree. it. You I agree. can't do it. it. It's it's remarkable television what we watched. I concur. Like very special. Very special. Very, very look special. At trees the same way. Um yeah, I know. <laughs> Especially an apple tree now. <laughs> um Mary, before we get to the big three feedback, and again, uh like last episode and a couple of episodes ago, we got a lot of feedback. Yes. So we're gonna have a relatively similar um, style episode as we have have had now over the past few episodes, which are just, we're gonna take the voicemails we're and highlight, gonna, yeah. Are you asking me what I need to get in? Uh, well, yes, but I want to ask you a question first. Oh, okay. Here's a question that I think is really important. Did the show do Miguel justice, number one? And number two, did the show play this episode too late in its run? For... it Was it... Was it too late or was it just right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would like to hear your reasoning for either. So first is, did they do uh, Miguel justice? Yes. I think so too. I think so too. Yes. Because Miguel is an important character. But he's not a central character. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I do. But yeah, we've had Beth. We've had two episodes dedicated to Beth. Yeah, but she's a central character. No, she's not. You don't think so? No. Remember? She's the other three. Oh, yeah, you're right. Good point. She Toby and Miguel that go to the bar. Yep, you're right. 100% right. She's got some great one-liners. She knew it all along. We're not done with Migs. We haven't seen the last of Migs. (laughs) (laughs) But the reason that I think that they, A, they did him justice beautifully through his storytelling by being a lot of surprises. I think also when Kevin says, I've never really asked him about him. Yeah. And I think that's also a point where we can kind of step in as viewers and say the same exact thing. Like we've never really. I mean, we have, thanks to our sound clip. Oh, uh, yeah, yes, you're, you're 100% right, because... Y'all been sleeping on my boy I mean, Miguel. I don't know the rest of the This Is Us fandom, but we've been loving on Miguel hardcore. Oh, yeah. We've been loving on Miguel. For a long time Every now. moment he shows up on that screen, 
Like it started off as a joke. I was calling Miguel Mary's boy. Because of the inflatables. Be- but no, but it, like oh. even before that, but then the inflatables happened. Oh, then he stole my heart. And then that was that was the end. Yes. That that was when we recognized that Miguel is more than just the butt of a joke. He's he's a he's a legit guy. Miguel to me is Pablo Picasso. Miguel to me is Jonathan Larson, the person who wrote Rent and okay. died like before it was on stage and gotcha. became like one of the biggest plays. Okay. You know, some Van Gogh. Oh, Van Gogh, that's what I was thinking. Van Gogh. Oh, is it Picasso too? Like was it was it Picasso who, after he died, then all of his stuff became famous? And Van Gogh, or was it just Van Gogh? Well, it, it Everybody. was specifically Van Gogh. Okay, sorry, yes. I was thinking Van Gogh then. It's brain fog, COVID, whatevs. <laughs> but these are people who had masterpieces, um, but weren't really seen by many. Yes. And I think that that is, uh, that's being told to us through the Billy Joel song mm-hmm. as well. And none of these people, whether they were his family, his co-workers, aside from Rebecca and Jack, people didn't see him. Yeah, the guy had to fake his name in order to get his job. Yeah. And so through his, um, like, I don't, I, I know the Pearsons loved him, but I don't think it was until he really started to take care of Rebecca and he himself became frail. Oh, yeah. That they realized how much they love him. And... um and it's tragic because there are definitely people in your life who you you yourself wish you could have said more to. You yourself realized you cared for them more before they left, whether in real life or because they passed. Um, and that's what Miguel was. So I think that by having him have one episode, having it be so poignant at the very end, he is our tragic um, maestro, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, another thing that kind of plays into this too, Mary, is the relationship shared between Rebecca and Miguel, Mm -hmm. when you consider how long she had with Miguel, where she was fully of sound mind, Mm -hmm. it's a short relationship, but it's one of beauty. And I would disagree. I mean, her relationship with Miguel started when she and Jack were dating, like early dating. No, but I mean like, but her, like like her relation, like, Brown chicken, wow, wow. When they're hooking up. Yeah. <laughs> and, not, and not just meeting. <laughs> yes, you're right. Uh, it's a short It's a short span. But he was familiar to her for so long. Yeah. Pre-kids, you know, uh, fully entwined with Jack. But I agree, it made, it was a short amount of time because I think that there's also that difference where she still has that 50s, 60s memory that she's dating Miguel. Mm-hmm. Because she doesn't call out for Jack. She calls out for Miguel. So she's cognizant enough that she is with Miguel. Yes. It's so it's just such an interesting dichotomy. Mm. Uh, and, and how they juxtaposed these two relationships against each... Well, how they juxtaposed these two relationships. I mean, Rebecca is the one that makes the first move with Jack. And here she is again making the first move with... Miguel. Yeah. Like such an... She's a strong woman. And both Jack and Miguel take real comfort and solace and definition in Rebecca, Mm -hmm. but for two different reasons. I mean, Jack spent his life with Rebecca and considered her his future because he couldn't go into the past of what happened with Nikki and his family in Vietnam anymore. Mm -hmm. That She was his future. Mm Mm-hmm. Miguel, on the other hand, felt like a failure in everything, except for one thing, and that was Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Like, wow! Like, 
holy smokes. Yeah. And, and again, I don't think you get that if this happens earlier in the This Is Us lore. Mm -hmm. I think this was the right time for the story that they wanted to tell in an impactful manner that isn't just about Rebecca and Miguel orbiting Rebecca. Mm -hmm. This is about Miguel being a central figure. Yeah. And for people who didn't like Miguel, no matter all the time we've spent with him over the seasons, I loved being able to see Miguel through Kevin's eyes. Oh, yeah. And that relationship change, particularly even just in this episode. I mean, he's at the end, you know, when they're very older, um, you know, Kevin puts his hand on him. Kevin's oh. there with Miguel, helping Rebecca with her routine. Oh picking her up, but like letting him still have the honor of doing what he can. Um, it's oh, just. Cause you know, that's what Jack would do. Like Jack. Yes. Oh my God. I'm, just, I'm getting tears thinking about it. But and you know, it's, but exactly. That's what Jack would do. And also Kevin really needed kind of that father figure. And he gets that through Nikki and through Miguel oh. and um, Miguel, who didn't feel like he had a close relationship with his son spends this time because we know randall's busy yeah randall's he got his he's this, a Santa. he spends this time with kevin oh man oh jack pearson's son oh my god yeah. oh i gotta i gotta do it again it just works on every single level and another thing that works in such a great way is we get to see Kevin's response to what happened between Miguel and Rebecca initially, right? Mm -hmm. And when Rebecca is saying to Miguel, uh, Rebecca is saying to Kevin, Kevin, you're an adult. Grow up. Like, this is what happens. And Kevin has that response. He takes the hat, walks out. We are like, Kevin, dude, come on. We just watched how this relationship between Rebecca and Miguel evolved. And to me, the emotional math of what happened and how it happened, it adds up. So when we have that, when it adds up and we see how it adds up and we see how these things, how it came together, we have that emotional response that, that, Re that Rebecca does, but then we get such catharsis later on when Kevin is doing exactly what you were just saying, Mary. Mm -hmm. It, it, it's perfect writing. Agreed. It's it's perfect writing. Does this episode work unto itself, or does it need to lean on our past knowledge mm. and our investment in the characters for it to work? You can't just watch Miguel. Like I can't just show this to our next door neighbor. Well, why not? What's his name? Bob? That guy? Or the Satan House? Well, yeah. Let's say Satan House shows up. I could up. show it to Katie. Katie would like it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think that this episode works unto itself? Or, or does it? Or is it like Marvel? It like necessitates a viewing of previous episodes to get it. Mm, I don't know. That's a really tricky question. I haven't watched the the show through those eyes. So pass. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <gasps> oh what? my god! I didn't call the jury people. I was supposed to call them within five days. Oh, well, whatever. They'll be fine. Do, they, do like cops come? No, cops don't come. What happens? Don't worry about it. Mary got Did jury. Did I just break a law? Mary got jury duty, so she's got to like <laughs> figure it out. Just call them on Monday, Marvin. You'll be fine. Okay. 
That was that was um. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh! I don't know what happened, ladies and gents. That was an insight into Mary's brain right there. Like you just saw that happen in re- or listened to that happen in real time. I'm keeping that in. We're not switching that out. Sorry. <laughs> this is proof that we don't I get edit the from podcast. There? What was in, what was the what were we saying? Oh, that you have to watch it. And I said I don't just watch you it through those eyes. Pass because I wanted to pass. <laughs> On the jury summons, because I'm tired. I wish we were doing video right now, because you would have seen Mary's face. <laughs> the word pass. There you go. <laughs> um, lastly, before we get to everybody else's stuff, I do want to call out that scene where the big three are talking to Miguel, and they're like, we need to get full care here for you. Um, I sobbed through this whole scene. The whole scene was just mm-hmm. remarkable. And it was Sterling K. Sterling K. Brown's delivery for me that mm-hmm. sold it. Where it was, and he's just so caring and so warm. And he's like, "We know, Miguel, and you've done like I'm." I know. Uh, we know you've done everything you can and more. And we're not doing this to you. We're doing this for you. Like, mm. wow. I, I, I don't know why that hit me so hard, but you can just see Miguel, the character, struggling, until trying, that yeah, till that, till the very end. Because then he knows the kids do love him. Yeah, that he is part of their family. Oh, want me to like hurt you even more? Yes, let's do it. Let's cry. Let's make some bad decisions. Jack and Miguel, yeah, both died from heart failure. Oh my god. Oh my goodness gracious! Shut the front door. And they both they both die, leaving Rebecca. Yeah. Alone with her kid, like oh. I will say one of the other things that helped this episode have a five plus. Yep. Is that there were explanations for the missing people? Yes, true. Very good point. Thanksgiving Day. Big three come in, and. Kate says to Randall, where are the girls? And he says, they're coming tomorrow. Yep. And he says, where are your, all your kids? And she says, Patrick took them on a nature hike. Yep, perfect. So I know I've complained in the past couple of episodes, you know, like, it hey, could be something the simple and small. Yes. And that was a great example of simple and small. They don't, A, they don't need to be here. There's no need, need for them, honestly. But yes. we do need an excuse why they're not there. And I was thankful that we had that 10, 20 seconds of here's an explanation. Yep. Carry on. You got a poof? Because I got a poof. Um, tell me your poof and I'll think about it. The poof is this. We don't have a scene that gets us from Jack meeting Miguel at the clothes store. Mm-hmm. To Jack being becoming best friends with Miguel. But we've had that with Jack through Jack's episodes. No, we haven't. No, we haven't. We don't have them going from like, hey, oh, I, I'm meeting you for the first time to we're buddies. Like, like we don't have the in-between. I feel like I felt like I did. I maybe we maybe we didn't have enough for you. <clears throat> I, I didn't think... feel like there was a hole in their relationship. Well, I, I mean, again, this is a poof. I'm not saying I gotta have it. I appreciate. I'm that. saying like if 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 I gotta have if if I gotta squint and I gotta get something, okay. it's that. It's the we don't go from A to B. We go from A to C. Okay. Um, 
and that that's ticky tack. That is super ticky tack, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Because I like, do we even really need it? I don't know. I, I don't, don't know if we. I do. don't need it. I don't think I need it. So that's why it's a poof. That's why it's a poof. Okay. How about you? Got a poof? I don't. Wow. Okay. All right. I'm fair enough. Free. You're poof free. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we got some voicemails. You ready to go through those, Marvin? I am. All right. Let's uh, let's get this done. And we said that's three. Big three. Big three. All right, I gotta bring it up here because I'm I'm trying to do it. I got too many things going on here, Blake. I got I got all these different voicemails for Outlander cast. I gotta find the here we go. And it's still not playing. I, I got Oh here we go. Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Andrew from Canada. Been Hello. listening since the first episode, and this is obviously my first time calling. All right. Uh, for the Miguel episode, my good was just all of the Miguel. And I wish we got this sooner, and I really wish they didn't kill Migs at the end of his Spotlight episode. But given the love he's gotten throughout the series, this felt pretty on brand. Uh, my bad was after Kevin saw the bruise and the big three had that intervention, Kate and Randall came from a very Rebecca-centric point of view when asking Miguel to step back instead of starting with you've gone above and beyond your vows we love you and appreciate you or we want you care for because you also matter and while I know they love him to a degree uh it really never felt like Kate and Randall fully let Miguel into that inner circle that Miguel was talking about back in season two's Kevin rehab episode Mm -hmm. uh my great was Kevin in that exact same scene Kevin didn't talk Kevin was quiet and after that Kevin was behind Miguel and was supporting him during that 6.45 a.m. routine to help Rebecca be grounded for the day. Um, And he was kind of Miggy's caregiver to a degree. Uh, Long gone is the Kevin that has a reputation of never there. And he also let Miguel into that inner circle. He helps him reunite with his son and goes to Puerto Rico with him to scatter his ashes. Stand up, Kevin Pearson. You are Jack Pearson's son. Mm -hmm. And my God, I will never hear And So It Goes the same ever again. Same. Uh, thank you very much. We got three episodes left, and it should be called "This Wrecked Us." <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know, and that's also something that's really important too. Like, you know, something is really good when it redefines um, a song mm-hmm. that you hear. Mm-hmm. You know, I had the same thing with "Halt and Catch Fire," uh, and that uh, the song at the end of that episode, um, the Peter Gabriel song. What the hell's the name of that song now? I I know the song. I just can't remember the the name of it for Christ's sake. I don't know. But it just it read when it redefines how you hear something from for the rest of your life. It will that song will always be attached to Miguel. Like you'll, you're Mary, you're going to be 65 years old hearing that song, and you're going to be thinking of Miguel in my high school library. <laughs> Good point. What goes out? <laughs> Good point. Um, he also brings up another great point, Mary. Kate and Randall, do they allow Miggy into that inner circle? Okay, so Kate and Randall don't have friends. Mm-hmm. Kevin learned to have friends. He has Cassidy. That's true. Okay, he learned to have friends. Kate, not a great friend. Talks to Sophie once a decade and had one movie night with Madison. Mm-hmm. Randall, his only friend is his publicist. <laughs> Good point. So I think they let them into their circle. It's just that their circle feels weird. Uh it's a weird circle. I will I will agree. Kevin that is to a you. much more welcoming person now. Here's a hot take. The Miguel <laughs> The Miguel Kevin relationship mm-hmm. is 
probably the most textured relationship outside of Kevin and Nikki. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, when you watch drama, right? You, when you watch drama, you watch it for the sake of change, right? That, that's the whole point. You're watching something so that when you when it when something begins one way and it ends in another, that is that is the point of any film or any television show. And we get that, and we get that in spades in that relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, to go from t- complete rejection to spreading ashes. I mean that that's a Kevin's grown big a change. lot, and I, I I just think a lot of it is Kevin. I wouldn't necessarily say that it's Kevin and Miguel's relationship because I think Miguel was pretty constant in in how he treated uh, fair. Kevin. Okay, that that's a fair assessment. I just think that it's another highlight of why you and I believe that Kevin's um, journey path, yeah, yes, yeah. has been the most complex. Yep. Okay. Hi, Mary and Blake. It's Brittany from PA. This episode was a horse. Blake better have a high rating. (laughs) I'm giving it a five plus. My good was Beth reacting to Miggy and Bex. Perfect. Hilarious. Loved it. My great was Kevin's growth. Mm -hmm. Um, Kevin's always been a fan of the big gesture. He is his father's son. So he flies out to Miggy's son is like, hey, your dad is not doing well you should go see him take it for me. Kevin of old probably would have forcibly put that man on the airplane. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he ultimately is saying, do with this information what you will, seems pretty profound for him. Mm-hmm. My best actually reminds me of Outlander season one. When she, when Claire goes through the stones, we don't that. get subtitles for Gaelic because she is out of her element. Um, Miguel starts this episode speaking Spanish. We're getting subtitles. We know what's going on. He has that conversation with his dad about feeling half in and half out. And when his father dies and he goes home, his family members are speaking Spanish. We don't get subtitles. Mm -hmm. We don't know what they're saying. And that just shows how far Miguel has leaned into that American version of himself. As a second generation American, I find that very interesting and very realistic um, to the immigrant experience. And I thought it was really done, well done. I wish we got more Miguel. I'm sad to see him go. Yeah, you know, and Brittany, here's something that else that pops up too. We get the bookends. We even mentioned bookends of uh, of Miguel's dad being upset with Miguel for succeeding in America mm-hmm. in a way that he couldn't. And when Miguel says, dad, why are you so upset? Mm-hmm. And his dad doesn't even have an answer. He just, that's a great question. Ask me yeah. again later. Um, and the fact that Miguel can use that same exact line, by the way, saying it to Rebecca, no subtitles. So Rebecca has to ask, we have to ask yes. what that means. Uh, and that's why I'm thinking about this. Uh, he can use that same exact line, but turn it on it in a different way mm-hmm. and recontextualize it for us. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, Kit. perfect writing. Agreed. Perfect, perfect writing. Perfect. 100%. All right. Hi, guys. It's your cousin from Boston. Now, is that too presumptuous of me to say that without my name? Nope. We know who you are. This call is about, this is us episode of Miguel. 4.5 Lemonades. Okay. Finally, we see Miguel's past. He's growing up, meeting him, Mary and Shelly, having kids, and his divorce. First of all, I think we should have seen this one years ago. Getting a backstory on Miguel was a long time coming. It was wonderful to see his past growing up and his immediate family. It was just so great. 
We finally got to see when and how he got together with Rebecca. Awesome. So my good was Kevin going to Miguel's son, warning him his dad may not have a lot of time left. That really made a difference for Miguel and his son's relationship. That was great. Um, my bad was Miguel going on that interview and having to Americanize his name. That was super sad and quite prejudiced and that I didn't like that. I mean, clearly that stuff still happens today. And I have two greats. First, when Miguel's mom said, love is giving your heart without expectation. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And second, when the big three went to Miguel to tell him it was time for them to take care of him too. Mm-hmm. All the shaman. Mm-hmm. But those last five minutes, oh my God, it's always those last five. I'm convinced that the creator and writers truly want to break our hearts in two by the finale. That's it. Take care. Interesting. Interesting. The the sense that I get from the show is also a similar sense that I get from The Leftovers, oddly enough. Because you think that The Leftovers was a show about sorrow and feeling dejected and depression and everything. And that's true in a sense. But when we talked to the to one of the writers, Kath Lingenfelter, she said that she thought the epi- that the show was about hope. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing that thinking, lady, you're on freaking Planet Zippy. Your show is the most depressing show I've ever seen in my life. But she wasn't wrong because what that show ended up becoming was fully about hope. And I get the same exact thing from This Is Us. My sense is that when this is all said and done, we're going to have a similar feeling about mm. the show that we got from at the end of this episode, which is one of like, yes, that was sad, but it was also very hopeful and full of love and full of, and, and fulfillment, right? Yes, we got Miguel's episode now. Maybe it should have come earlier. Maybe it should have been where it was, but I feel fulfilled and I feel hopeful and full of love. I think fulfilled is perfect adjective for how they are closing out this season so far, in my opinion. And that is how I expect to feel Mm -hmm. at the end. I know uh, Gloria said, our heart's going to be in two. But to me, it's going to be over, but satiated. Yes. And with the leftovers, um, the the writer said um, that in times of grief, you need to look for hope. Mm-hmm. she was writing like while her mother was passing from breast cancer. And yep. so she was able to pull from that grief. And that was a study. And how do people handle difficult times? How do people handle their grief and finding those little shining moments? And I, I agree with you. It's, this is life. People die. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the death process sometimes comes quick and sometimes it gets really, really long and it's even more painful in some ways. Um, some might argue so I feel satiated. I feel fulfilled already. Yep. Hi, my name is Michaela. I'm from South Carolina. I'm calling for This Is Us Too. Uh, first off, I just wanted to say that I love you guys so much. I've been listening to the This Is Us Too podcast forever. Um, it's definitely one of my favorites. Anyway, um, I give this episode five lemonades. Oh my gosh, I'm about to tear up just thinking about the episode all over again. <laughs> um, anyway, for my good, I have two. So my first one, I love how I got to see Miguel make coffee 
for Rebecca every <gasps> single morning. The same way if he did for Shelly. If you guys remember Shelley. back to the first season <gasps> when oh. um, Jack and Rebecca were kind of going through it and Shelly and Miguel had just divorced, um, Miguel talked about how he stopped making coffee every single morning. That was the little thing that he had stopped oh, doing. Oh, so my God, it was kind Michaela, of to yes. See that kind of play into this season and how he's kind of continued that with Rebecca. Mm. My other good, I love how the big three have just really began to support Miguel. Um, I could truly feel that they loved him, and I was able to see that, and I think he could too. My bad. Why the heck did it take so long for us to get this episode? <laughs> um, I wish I had had this so I could have stopped being mean to Miguel a couple oh. <laughs> seasons ago. And my grade, I loved seeing the love between Rebecca and Miguel. It just truly, um, it was so great to see. I think I'm going to get cut off. I know. Yeah, she got cut off. Hold on one second. We'll get back. We'll get the next one. Hi, this is Michaela again. My uh, grade got cut off, but my grade uh, was being able to see the love between Rebecca and Miguel. Mm -hmm. I think for a while, um, everybody kind of felt as though Miguel was kind of a second choice and there was not too much love between Rebecca and Miguel. So I'm so glad that we got to see their love story and see how genuine and authentic it was. Um, Rebecca and Miguel have so much love for each other. And how special is it that Rebecca got to have two great loves in her life, two great men. Um, but yes, that was my great. I loved this episode so much. Um, Y'all been sleeping on my boy, Miguel. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've been saying that for a long time now. Um, Michaela, and it's okay. <laughs> that should have actually been the title of this episode, yeah. not Miguel. I know. Y'all been just, sleeping you know. on my boy, Miguel. <laughs> um, Mary, I think Michaela made a great point that she had two great loves, Rebecca did. And it's not like it, the the Miguel-Rebecca love was this big storybook, swooning love that Rebecca and and Jack shared. And it's not supposed to be. Because that love was born out of something far different than what Rebecca and Jack had. It was born, their love, uh, Rebecca and Jack, was born out of just like like instant love. I mm-hmm. see you, you're singing Moonshadow, the whole thing. And it's just, we we had this date and we weren't supposed to and then we did. And, and then I only have nine bucks and the whole thing. Like, it's just a very young, vibrant, fun love. Um, that can that can sustain itself. Yep. This one for Miguel and Rebecca is born out of stability and partnership mm-hmm. and um, a foundational type love mm-hmm. where it's 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 a slow burn and they're there for each other in support well, and, and partnership. Also- a really big difference is that Rebecca and Jack are parents together. Yes. And so that's a huge element of their relationship. Not to say that Rebecca and Jack didn't have an amazing relationship themselves. They obviously did. Mm-hmm. But uniquely to Rebecca and Miguel, there's no kids living at home. Yes. Like, it, it's just them. And yep. actually, probably at a very, very, very lonely point in their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, when Miguel's not in touch with his kids and Rebecca's kids are all living their lives, you know, all over the place. And how often does she see them? Sure. So it's just them for the most part. Yeah. Oh, man. Perfect writing. Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Isabella. I'm calling for This Is a Two, the Miguel episode. Hi, I think that this episode was great was 
five plus for me. I haven't seen an episode of This Is Us like this in a long time. I mean, 42 minutes with a lot of stuff in it, but it didn't feel that rushed. The editing had a great job in this. I think that when you consider network TV and commercials and everything, this was beautifully constructed. I loved all of the symbolism, yeah, mainly the, the spreading of the ashes in Puerto Rico and also in the apple tree. That was, that was beautiful. Mm. I loved the Billy Joel song at the end. It was perfect for Miguel for, for the representation of his relationship with Rebecca mm -hmm. and also a callback to the debates between Rebecca, Miguel and Jack about the greatest Billy Joel song. So this was amazing. <laughs> yeah, good point. I am a Brazilian that lived in North Carolina for two years. So I get some of the feelings of not fitting in. I lived there when I was young, went to school there because my dad had to go. So I get some of those feelings. Um, so the episode really spoke to me. Bye. Thank you, Isabella. And again, this is why I love when listeners call in because they can call out things that we miss. Mm -hmm. And it's not that we're not aware of them. It's just like we're so overcome by certain things. We all have our thing that we love about the show. And for Michaela, it's like when Rebecca's, I'm sorry, when Miguel is making coffee for Rebecca in a way that he used to do for Shelly mm -hmm. and no longer did. And that's when he knew that his relationship was over. And he's doing that for Rebecca. Like, how special. And now we also have this from Isabella, where she's saying they were talking about the best Billy Joel songs of all time. And the fact of the matter is that they're now playing this Billy Joel song, which is arguably the best Billy Joel song of all time. And they're doing it for Miguel. Like, What do you mean, arguably, it's the best one you think it is? It's arguably the best Billy Joel song. You don't like Billy Joel. I know. I hate Billy Joel. Ugh, which, that's a different story. But, but... but Who's uh, arguing that that's the best one? Well, some could argue that it's Piano Man. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. So it's arguably the best song. Like, you could make an argument that, that this is okay. the best one. I that, thought you were arguing it. No. And I was like, oh, look at you. <laughs> Changing your tune, being a fake Billy Joel no, fan. No, I'm out on Billy Joel. I'll never be a Billy we Joel guy. Blake. I like, there are certain Billy Joel songs that are okay. This, How this is among them. Okay. Piano Man is among them. Okay. Other than that, I'm out. I'm out. I, we didn't start a fire. Don't care. Don't care. We didn't start the fire. I didn't fire. start it. It's just, <laughs> it was always burning. You know that? Since the world was turning. <laughs> All right, let's do the next one. Hi, Mary and Blake. My name is Jennifer from Pennsylvania. I'm a first time Can you press caller. pause? Sure. Hold on. Sorry. Jennifer, I got to tell you, when that first started, I thought Darth Vader was coming in. <laughs> <laughs> start at the beginning. Seriously. Okay, hold on. Here we go. Uh, sorry. I won't let me go all the way. Why not? I don't know. Uh, episode 615. Hi, Mary and Blake. My name is Jennifer from Pennsylvania. I'm a first-time caller. Hello. All right. This is us, too. Uh, episode 615, Miguel. I have so many things I could say about this episode. I loved absolutely every minute of it. Um, but the one I, thing I wanted to touch on was when Miguel was talking to his mom about her taking care of her sister. And he said, you know, you're, you do all this thankless work. And she says, there is no thankless. Love is giving your heart without expectation. 
I just thought that was so sweet. And then as you watched the episode, Miguel did all that. The entire mm-hmm. the entire thing. He just took care of Rebecca and there was no expectation. I think it was demonstrated perfectly with the bookends when he's down putting her slippers on and doing the morning routine. And in the beginning, they had perfect music with Forever Now. You could almost like hear Rebecca singing it now that we listened to her sing it before. Yes. And then at the end with Billy Joel, what a beautiful, beautiful way that they did that. And then watching Kevin help him up off the ground when he was putting her slippers on, that just broke my heart. It was very sweet. And um, one of the other things I really liked uh, what that that's the end where the waterworks started was where he said every morning at 6:45 I'm the first thing she sees it mm. grounds her and it grounds me mm. hello it's Jennifer from Pennsylvania again okay so I just wanted to give you my lemonade rating well I absolutely give it five lemonades for sure but I kind of felt like maybe tonight we could switch it up a little and perhaps we could do five big glasses of apple wine so to just cheers to our boy Mickey because that was really sweet at the end. I loved how they did that um, when they showed the tree branches. And I kind of, like, in that moment, I did, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I felt it coming, and there it was. And it was like an aha moment, and I'm really glad that they gave that to all of us. I, I wasn't really expecting him to die in the episode. I don't really know what I was thinking, but I wasn't expecting that. So, um, and I also feel, now that we had this episode about Miguel, you know, throughout the years I've watched it, I've never really felt like, oh, I like Jack more than I like Miguel or vice versa. I've never had that. Um, I love, I like both of them equally. But after tonight, I'm definitely Team Miggy all the way. And I can't, re- I can't wait to rewatch the whole series now that I have this other appreciation for him. Because mm. I think it's just going to make me, like, love the whole series even more. Anyway, I love you guys. Thank you so much. Um, uh, hugs to you both. And hopefully I'll call again soon. Bye. Thank and you, Jennifer. Just, just when you do rewatch it, Miguel walks Kate down the aisle. Oh, I know. Like, there are these little things that mm. I think... If you weren't a Miguel fan before, you're just going to want to squeeze him and hug him a little bit more. And I think that this is an indication that the writers, I think we're in good hands with the writers. I mean, the fact that they can pull this off the way that they did mm-hmm. and give you an entire life to help you. To take somebody who was like, it's not that I don't I like Jack or Miggy better, but like. After watching this, I think I'm Team Miggy. Like to go to to have somebody say that. Basically, it's the Johnny Depp Amber Heard case. <laughs> How is that even relatable? Because everybody was out on Johnny. Oh, okay. All everybody right. said no. Well, they're they're both pretty despicable people. They're, no, I know. But then when it first started, everybody yeah. was like, "Oh, never mind. I'm Team Johnny again." And yeah. now they don't know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> okay, fair enough, Mary. That was that's a stretch, but I'll take it. I'll take it. That's good. We'll go. We'll go with it. My mind's on juries. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here we go. <laughs> My mind's on juries. I'm still feeling nervous. All right. Here's the last one. Hi, Mary. Hi, Blake. My name is Chris. Hi, I'm Chris. calling from Connecticut. Nice. I'm still a fan. Sorry. Me too. Anyhow, calling about the Miguel episode. We went to Connecticut um, today. Push pause. This yeah. is the episode Sorry. I have. We went to Connecticut we today, We did go to Blake. Connecticut today. 
and we had an unfortunate experience in no, the we Connecticut. We did not have an unfortunate experience. No, we had a great experience in Connecticut, but then we had an unfortunate ex- experience in the Connecticut. It's just further proof why that state sucks. What happened? You got a bad coffee. <sighs> Come on Wait. now. Come on now. Be honest. I did get a really bad coffee. It was exceptionally bad, wasn't it? I I couldn't drink it, guys. You, you want to know why? And I drink everything. <laughs> <laughs> She drinks everything, ladies and gentlemen. I do. I know. I mean, I can't think of something I don't drink. I, I, yeah. You, you, <laughs> Stop. You, you know what? That's what she said. But we went to Connecticut, and it was lovely, and we had a really nice drive. It was a nice drive. We had some fun. We, we had a great meal. Yes. And then we got the bad coffee, and I and I said it was further proof that Connecticut sucks. That's but I don't believe it. <laughs> Blake. Okay. Love Karen, how this has become a start thing. Start it over. Stop picking on our neighbors who live like thirty minutes away. Hey, it's, you know, not what? even it's, if it's, we go west, they're twenty minutes. Hey, the, there's a the the line between love and hate is very thin. We're closer to Connecticut probably than the ocean. The line between By love and hate is extraordinarily thin. Obviously, just throwing that out there. Hold Been on. Waiting for. Hi, Mary. Hi, Blake. My name is Chris. I'm calling from Connecticut. Yay! And I'm still a fan. <laughs> Anyhow, calling about the Miguel episode. Um, This is the episode I have been waiting for for six seasons. I was widowed in my 40s, and four years after the death of my husband, I married a good friend of his. Mm -hmm. So um, that's the context. This is so. My good is that. Rebecca had to make the first move. Mm-hmm. That Rebecca got up across the table and kissed Miguel. Mm-hmm. It had to be that way. I agree. For five seasons, I have been dealing with people just slaughtering Miguel, calling him a snake, a creep. And I never got that vibe. I always just saw an honorable man who had a sense of duty and loyalty to his deceased friend mm. to take care of his friend's family and someone who, um, naturally and organically fell in love with Rebecca. Mm -hmm. And we got to see that, that that was, you know, reciprocal. Um, Not all men are slime balls. Uh, Side note, my current husband, I actually had to tell him to kiss me for the first time. Well done. Miguel is nothing but a gentleman. And I'm going to have to call you back because I'm running out of time. Okay. Well, you know what? We're going to grant you that time. So let's go. Hi, this is Chris calling back about the Miguel episode. So I told you guys my um, good. So my bad was that the writers chose to cram Rebecca and Miguel's official falling in love story into one 10-minute montage. You want to do that with Kate and Philip? Fine. But Rebecca is the character from This Is Us, and she deserved to have her story be told um, over two episodes. I think Mandy Moore would have killed it to show the multi-dimensional complexities of what it's like for a younger widow to allow herself to fall in love, especially when it's your late husband's good friend. My great was that it was Kevin be the one to take care of Miguel so that Miguel could continue to take care of Rebecca and that it was Kevin who reached out to Miguel's son to mend those fences and then go to Puerto Rico with him to spread the ashes. Um, for five seasons, we had to endure snippets of Kevin's life where Kevin was just a total jerk 
to Miguel and to finally see him grow up and finally acknowledge that Miguel is an honorable man who did nothing but love and take care of his mother and to see his mother acknowledge his mother truly love Miguel. That was a really nice evolution of Kevin's character to see. Thank you, Chris. I really appreciate that. Uh, wise words. And, um, and it, it's uh, this, this story is, this is you like, mm -hmm. wow, man, mm -hmm. just really exceptional, really exceptional. All right, Mary, we have been requested to bring back specifically requested by many viewers and my many listeners to bring back in or out. Okay. Um, I know we're at hour 11 Listen, on this episode. They're still listening, Blake, so it's okay. I know. I just, I, I, I don't like going too long in these episodes because I know it can be a lot when you're driving or listening. You're like, okay, land the plane. I mean, seriously. Land the plane, Helen. <laughs> um, but since it was specifically requested. Buddy, we only have three episodes left. We're here to party. We're here to close down the bar. <laughs> We're closing down the bar. We're leaving <laughs> with sticky shoes. <laughs> All right, let's do it. What's it going to be, McFly? Are you in or out? All right, Marvin, in or out on baseball. I'm in. I'm in, in, in on baseball. And I'm, I'm in because they're making changes to the game. They're going to install a pitch clock. They're going to speed up the game. Baseball, as Good. of late. That's its problem. The nerds have taken over baseball. Agreed. That's the problem. It's all stats now. It's it's just, and talk about stats of the nerds. Yeah. I want, I want like Sandlot baseball. Give me right. some trash talk, gum spitting, make it fast, throw a pickle in there. Yeah. Yep. Yep, that's baseball. That that's 100% baseball. And the, and they're doing they they got the universal DH now, which is a big deal. Who cares what that means? <laughs> Designated so hitter. I so know you, what a DH is. So you don't have to watch David the pitch Ortiz hit. was a DH. Oh, look at you, Marvin. I know my stuff. Um they got that now. Uh they I'm not a huge fan, but the ghost runner on Man second base. We don't care. It, people do care. Okay, fine. And the fact that they got the pitch clock that's coming up soon. That's huge. I'm glad for the, you. the pace of the game is going to be quickened up, and baseball is going to be back. Chicks dig the long ball. I don't even know what that freaking means. <laughs> that's from the that's from the late '90s. That's a deep baseball reference. Yeah, Mark, Mark McGuire. Yeah, never mind. This is a football show. <laughs> good good point. Mm. Uh, in or out on coquitos? I've never had one. I've never had one either. And I wasn't sure like, if you've. It, it looks good. I don't think so. It look kind of reminds me of like a white Russian. Almost. Yeah, I can't eat that. Wanna know what happens? <laughs> Lots of poofs. <laughs> Ain't poofs, I'll no. tell you that. No. No, no. We know when that's happening. <laughs> Lactose intolerant. All right. Uh, in or out on Facebook being better back in the early days than it is now. Because, you know, obviously Rebecca and Miguel are using Facebook when it was like, it was, it was still relatively new back in I 08. mean, it wasn't relatively. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. That was, it was relatively outside new. of the college scene. Yeah. Uh, was Facebook better then or now? Yeah, Facebook better being then than now. Uh, I don't really care. I think it's the same. I think, um, you know what I loved back in the old days, though? What? When you would write on somebody's wall. Like, I'd be like, Blake's so great. He's got a fun <laughs> yeah, accent. Yeah, and point. he's just super awesome. <laughs> like... What are we doing? Is this a yearbook? Oh, that's what we did. We yeah. tried to kind of treat it like it, a yearbook. It was, it was a yearbook. That's what it really was. And then was. you could find people in from your class. You had to actually sign up like what classes you were in. Yes, so yes. You'd and I liked that feature. That was really cool. You know what I liked about the old Facebook? What? Was that when somebody did a status, it showed up on your timeline. Like it didn't, you didn't have to, like there was no algorithm. There was no, it was just like. You can click always see. 
on the people you actually care about. I know, but the fact that, that here's the thing, I got to click that. I, like, no, you just click it once. It's like when you friend request them, do you actually care about this person or are they bananas? I know, but it, it, what I'm saying is you didn't have to do any of that. It was okay. just they when when a friend of yours made a made a status, that was it. You saw it. You got too many friends. You can't see everybody. Well, I, all I'm trying to say is that that means that you, as the person that's responsible for this, you have to be, uh, you know, careful. You can't be just g- given a- a- acceptances uh, willy nilly. You can't be just taking your the guy you met down the street the other day. What ifs, man? It, that's why the old Facebook better than the new Facebook. Okay, whatever you want. In or out on being cremated. I'm in. That's I, my plan. I think plan. I'm kind of in too. You know that about me. We've already talked about my death plan. Uh, because I'm we, Randall. I don't think we've talked about it. We haven't talked about yours. No, we have not. Definitely not. I think I'm in on being cremated. Okay, because I'd be really weird if you were not. And I, <laughs> we can come back to this episode like 20 years from now. Yeah. Uh, in or out on owning a cabin? Um, I don't know. Right now I'm out. I'm in on renting a cabin, having yes. like not the job of cleaning it or worrying when there's blizzards, if a tree fell on it. So right now I'm out. I'm with you. I'm out on it too. And I feel like I would store stuff there. Like I know that they were playing Jenga mm-hmm. and that Jenga was, you know, in a picture, in a shot in a previous area. Yep. Now, you know, they got house cleaners. Kevin's got a house cleaner probably oh, every single guaranteed, day guaranteed. in the nice cabin. But in the old cabin, you know, they had those old puzzles. Mm-hmm. They had old VHSs. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it looks like Rebecca wasn't a hoarder. I'm messy. I'm not a hoarder. I'm messy. And if I had a cabin, good oh, luck. It would be a disaster. Good I'd have luck. to go there at least. Twice a year, throw everything away. Yep. <laughs> uh, I love the idea of owning a cabin, but the actual application of owning a cabin, out on. Mm-hmm. Want nothing to do with it. It's yeah. like owning a boat. Like, yeah. I love the idea of getting the boat, putting it in the water, going for, maybe go fishing, drink some beers, maybe get pulled over by the Coast Guard. I don't know. Make some bad decisions. But the actual maintenance of the boat, want nothing to do with you it. You and I don't get a thrill out of fixing things. No, That's not a calming thing for us. We don't enjoy it. Nope. I get a thrill out of making a podcast. That's what I do. That's what I enjoy. I get a thrill out of making pies. So there you go. <laughs> All right. In or out on leaving your spouse and best friend alone to be best friends. Yes. How can you say no to that? That's a yes from you too. Well, why do you say that's a yes from me automatically? Because John and I became best friends too. I know, but like, just you're like, <laughs> like the whole like, okay, you two are going to stay here until you're best friends. That's something that you would do. I would do that to you. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I would do that to you. I would tell you to leave so that I could get to know John better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you go get us drinks? Yeah. So I can question your best friend. Good point. Uh, in or out <laughs> on apple trees. In. Like, like. Doing it, like growing it, taking care of it. Oh my gosh. Miguel obviously has time. He retired earlier on. Yes. But he also has precision. That guy wakes up, makes his coffee. So he took care of that apple tree. Oh, Apple loved trees, it. when they're young, yeah. they're really difficult to That's take care of. That's what I'm saying. Of. You got to make, if you, if you don't have the proper bees and pollinators, you got to go out there with a little makeup brush and <laughs> dibble dabble. <laughs> And you got to be careful and make sure the root structure is strong. Dibble gotta, dabble. Yeah. Like pretty much have tree sex. <laughs> There's male and female parts to plants and you have, that's what the bees and. and is Miguel part ent? Is that the thing? <laughs> <laughs> no, Miguel would just no! have red. Miguel would have red 
Like, so you want to own your own orchard? He would have read that. He totally would have done that. And then he would have thought like, maybe after the apple tree, we can get grapes. Because you know he's he's a fan. He had all the boxes. I know. (laughs) Still. Where are those boxes of wine? You have 15 boxes of wine. He drinks them with Beth after Rebecca goes to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) That's where Beth gets all her pantry wine. (laughs) P.S. Beth. Yeah. Talking about her CBD pen at the wedding. Oh, yeah. That's all Mary. No, I love it. Yeah. I just love it. Yeah. I was actually very excited about that because. It's a thing. It Normalize it. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you, Beth. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm glad to see that she's using other things when she's anxious than red wine maybe in the, the pantry. Maybe, again, maybe the, listener, maybe the writers are listening to us. <laughs> maybe they didn't intend for Beth to have a drinking problem, but then they were like, oh, dude, she's got a drinking problem. Let's talk about CBD. <laughs> <laughs> that Mary Lawson's calling us out. <laughs> All right, in a route on Jenga. In. Love Jenga. I love how mad it makes people who actually care about games. <laughs> Particularly like Blake. I love it. Especially when you get those big Jenga ones oh, at parks. Yeah. Oh my gosh, if you want to see Blake sweat, oh, get a Jenga board out. Brutal. And he, he just... It's oh, not shaking. I love it. I know, just sit there and laugh. And Mary's just like, okay. Pops it out. Yep. <laughs> I've planned out my next three like, moves ahead of time. What are you doing, Mary? <laughs> <laughs> I know which one structurally I can use, oh, so I'm not nervous. Oh, man. All right, in or out on Dancing in the Snow. In. That was very much you. Such a beautiful scene, by the way. Like, <gasps> That's my poof. Well, that's that was your poof? my poof. That's a poof. My poof was... Where are the motion detectors? Oh, good point. That if okay. a door opens, an yes. alarm goes off. You know Kevin's got that place alarm. Yes. Of course he does. That was actually my poof. That's a poof. Okay, I'll give you that. I've got it, and I just have a nine and six-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Lo- loved the scene, though. I mean, yes. aside, irrespective aside of the my poof, um, I'm in on that scene when Rebecca's out there dancing and doing the whole thing. and like You how... know he got them after, though. Oh, of course he did. I'm surprised he didn't like tie it to the bed after that. Well, that's a little aggressive. Um, you know, dancing just in the snow. The, how alarmed he was, and she's out there, and it's carefree, and he gets hurt, and like, and like she doesn't even realize, and she laughs when he gets hurt, and um, and then he like tries to sit down, and and then they have the whole montage of the flashbacks, and they, Jack, Jack died, and the whole like, what a great scene, what a great scene. And you know what a funny story is? I got a funny story for you. When I was in high school, I went to a um, uh, like a conference for uh, national defense, and what does that mean? Um, it was like a conference for high school students who wanted to go into the politics and national defense careers like defense in the military defense in the military in the pot like uh like the politics of it too like being the secretary of defense the cia the fbi like that was something that i i wanted to do when i was younger and so i went to this conference and i i can't remember what the hell the name of the conference is but it was it was in dc and it was and you get a chance to go to all the different buildings and and meet with all the different people and um part of it was that there were these kids from all over the country and we were in DC and it started snowing and there were people from Arizona and California and New Mexico that had never seen snow before ever. And they were literally out in the streets dancing in the snow. And I'll never forget that. And that's what that reminded me of when I saw Rebecca. Well, your story right now reminds me of when I was naughty. What do you mean? I talked about snow. 
I was a tour guide at URI, uh-huh. and I realized that people kind of got bored going on tours with a Rhode Islander. Mm-hmm. So I pretended I was from South Carolina. Oh my goodness! And when I got to that quad, y'all, <laughs> there is nothing like when you get to see your first snow on this quad. Oh <laughs> my gosh! I mean, I know many of you are from New England, but for me, it's it's, it's magical. It's, it's it just magical. it's so magical and. Um, I did it, um, and I had to stop because people started to write into the tour uh, guide department thank you letters, particularly for our tour guide um, from South Carolina. And there were no <laughs> tour guides from South Carolina, but it was me. It was so they good. smiled so much more. If I added an accent, uh huh, I threw in a couple of y'alls, and I acted like I'd never seen snow before I came to school. Put in, put in <laughs> in my hands. All right, last one, Mary. Last one. You're such a dork. Oh my god, I would have ranked on you in college so I bad. You should have been fired. Oh, we absolutely should have been fired. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know why they didn't? Why? Because I probably got all of them to sign up. <laughs> <laughs> Mary's on to something. <laughs> Just pretend you're from the South. Um All right, last one. Here we go. Ready? In or out on Billy Joel. I'm in. I'm out. Oh, you know what, though? The song, he wrote it for, like, a teenage model when he was in his 30s. Yeah, so that so does, it, that's gross. a little icky. It's a just, little so icky. Just don't research what, and so it goes. Uh, it's about, about, yeah. No, but just Make Billy it your Joel. Own. Make Bi- it your own. Billy Joel on the whole. Are you in or out on Billy Joel? I don't really know him as a person, I gotta tell you. Yep. So, period. I'm out on Billy Joel. I, we and know. It's, it's, not a, it's, an, it's not a reasonable or logical being out. It's just like, you ever watch The Big Lebowski and he's just like, I just effing hate the Eagles? I'm the same way. I just effing hate Billy Joel. Whenever Billy Joel's on the radio, I'm out. I want nothing to do with it. We know. (laughs) Just just freaking hate Billy Joel. (laughs) All right, Marvin, you ready to close this bad boy out? Yes. All right, let's do it. And uh, in, in light of the Billy Joel, which is why I was kind of, you know, reluctant to play it earlier. But here we go again. I'll play it again for you. Why not? You know what? It's the final season. We're going to break all the rules. Make some bad decisions. So as Blake and I were re-watching this episode, the psoriasis commercial came on the sor- with Kevin's girlfriend. <laughs> That's true. A new Amsterdam commercial came on, yep. which reminded us that my stepmother is going to ask me you again. Absolutely going to ask you again. If I watch the new Amsterdam. <laughs> Only for three more weeks. But I called her out on this, it. The, the show New Amsterdam. So I don't think she will. No, I think we've, she, I we've think never she seen it before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the psoriasis commercial. When that came up, I oh man, we started laughing. Of course, the psoriasis commercial came up. Do these people think that we're just totally screwed up? Who? Like all the advertisers? Like, dude, we. We got to get all the medications on This Is Us. Because we are. Because <laughs> they know people watching This Is Us are generally 40 up, mm-hmm. then 60 up. Sure. Sure. That's, they know. They we, know we all got they're going for us and our parents. We all got psoriasis. And they know. <laughs> we all got diabetes somehow. We're, we're all, we all turn 40 and suddenly <laughs> we're going to the doctors once a month getting new pills. That's when you know you're old. When instead of and when you're not talking about like what you did, but you're talking about your prescriptions. Oh, that's when you know you're old. Oh my gosh, I got morning prescriptions. I got evening prescriptions. 
Miggy had 50 million prescriptions. I bet I have as many as Miggy, though, right now. <laughs> Guaranteed. There was a time when you were really sick. I know. And you were taking upwards of 30 pills a day. I know. And now I'm going to be going to the COVID clinic in two weeks. Who knows what they're going to give me? <laughs> going to be like Ant-Man. <laughs> Got some serum in me. Oh, man. Miggy Little. Hey. What? I'll be in the COVID clinic before This Is Us ends. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I'll let you know how it goes, friends, in case any of you have long COVID symptoms. I like it. Look yeah. at you doing a, a, a public service. That's why I'm doing it, man. <laughs> it's what we're here for, I'm public pretty, service. I'm going to also be the Hulk, okay? Just try <laughs> stuff out. <laughs> Just get some gamma radiation. Just throw it on Mary. Hey. Mary, smash! If it makes my tinnitus go away, I'm here. <laughs> friends, thank you so much. Thank you for loving my boy, Miggy, Miguel, oh. Mira. <laughs> no, mijo. Whatevs. I read subtitles in the second viewing, and that's how they spelled. Mijo? Mijo. Not me. Mi- no, I can't. Why did it say it? Fine. I won't write subtitles when it's also in Spanish. Y'all been sleeping on my boy Miguel. Just, it's fine. It's fine. I hope you all have a great day. I'll let you know if I get chosen for jury duty. I hope it happens. My name's Mary. My name is Blake. And this is us too. What goes up must come down. Spinning wheel, round and round. Talking about your troubles. It's a crying sin. Ride a painted pony. Let's spin. You're ruining the moment, Mary. 